we pick up this morning on a theme that we began last night. When Jesus was born, the Son of God was born, the great anticipated one for whom there is so much buildup in Luke's gospel is born, and of all places, he is placed in a manger. And that's a puzzling thing for the original readers of Luke's gospel. Now to us, the manger is standard Christmas fare. If you have a nativity, uh, you probably even call perhaps that nativity scene a manger scene because it's a central part of the nativity scene. And if there are only a few details you know about the Christmas story, the manger is probably one of them. So to us, it's very normal that Jesus was placed in a manger. But to someone unfamiliar with the story, reading it for the first time, it would have come as quite a shock. Jesus was so anticipated in that first chapter of Luke. An angel appeared just to announce the birth of the one who would come before him. And then an angel announced him. And then the one who came before him was born to great fanfare and the giving of prophecy. And at last he is born. And how strange it is that there's no place for him. As I said last night, the son of David is finally born in the city of David, and there's not a place for him. Even in the inn, the inn is the place that receives everybody. Even the meaning of the word is the place where everyone has a place, the place that receives everyone. And in the place that receives everyone, there was still no place for him. There was no one else to hand him to as she rested, and so she wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and she laid him in a manger. This surprising detail would become a feature of Jesus' life. He would begin to preach in Nazareth, his hometown, and he would be rejected. And then later on, someone would say, I will follow you wherever you will go. And he would say, well, be careful when you say that. Foxes have dens and birds have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. So here he is, the Son of God, finally come, and he's essentially rejected. He's an outcast who, we would say in the business world, who isn't a good fit. He would begin to preach, and the religious leaders of his day would hear him, and they would say, this isn't a good fit. We don't like this. And more and more tension would grow until they began to conspire against him. This is all a story way of saying what John says and what I said last night. He came unto his own and his own did not receive him. Of all the ways he could come and be born, he has come as a lowly outcast. And as that theme continues in the next part of the story, we will see why he chose to come that way. Let's look together at Luke 2, verse 8, and we will read only to verse 14. We will pick up at verse 15 in mid-January. The Lord says, And in that same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. 
And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. The words of the Lord. Through that part of the story, the Spirit calls every last person to come to Jesus and to receive him, no matter how high we are in the world and no matter how low we are in the world. So if Jesus was born without a place for him and immediately began to take the place of one who doesn't fit in, one who doesn't square with the people of the world, one who is essentially an outcast in society, it makes sense then that of all the people the Lord could announce this birth to, he announces it to people who are despised and rejected, who are outcasts in society. The lowliest of people in many ancient cultures, as you might imagine, the smelliest of people in many cultures, he announces it to shepherds. The Lord gets the fanfare he is due. He gets the announcement of an angel and then a host of heaven appearing and praising God more beautifully than we just sang Gloria in excelsis Deo. But it is given to the lowliest of the low. So the Lord identifies himself in a lowly way, laid in a lowly manger, and then his birth is announced to the lowliest of people in the highest of ways. Now it begins to make sense when the angel says to them, I bring you good news that will be for all the people, for unto you is born this day. In the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He appears to shepherds and he appears in a manger like this to show to us that that good news, and when he says good news here, it's literally gospel, the same word as gospel, is for the highest of high and it is for the lowest of the low. It is for all of the people. That theme will continue on through the gospel of Luke Jesus will more and more be rejected, first by his hometown, then by the religious leaders of the day. And at one point, he will tell them, hey, when you throw a feast, don't invite the most important, highest, don't invite the elite people who can pay you back with good invites that get you into the good places. Invite the poorest people who cannot repay you back in any way. And then you'll earn up for yourself favor in heaven instead of favor on earth, treasure in heaven instead of treasure on earth. And they respond to him and they say, oh, blessed is the one who's invited to your banquet, Jesus. And he says, hey, you know what? I have a story about it. I'll tell you a story about that. He says, a man once threw a banquet for his son and he wanted his house full. And so he went and invited all the highest people of the land, the elite ones of the land. And he said, come to my feast. Everything is prepared. Come. But, but the the high and lofty people started making excuses, and they said, well, I just, I just started a new business, and so I, I'm sorry, I can't come. Or I just took a wife, and so I, I can't come. Or uh, I've, I've got a house full and so many family in town, I just can't come. I'm sorry. And so they all rejected the invitation. Very few were there. And so having invited the highest of the high, the 
father of the feast says to his servants, okay, go out and invite the lowest of the low. Find like the scum, like find the lowest people, the smelliest people nobody wants and bring them in. And so the servants go out and they pull everybody they can off the street. They pull the last people you would want to invite to your party, to their party. The place is smelling great, I'm sure. And the servants come back to him and they say, master, we did what you said, but there's still room. And so the master of the feast says, okay, We've done the highest of the high. We've done the lowest of the low. Go invite everybody. I want my house full. And so they go out and they invite everyone. This is something of what the angels mean when they, in the highest of ways, appear to the lowest of people and they say, we bring you good news that is for all of the people. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth among those with whom God is pleased. So if there's one thing we can glean from that announcement, it is that the good news of Jesus Christ is for the lowest of low and is even for you. It is for all people. And so here's that good news that I bring to you this day. That Savior who was born that day was not just a king and not just a baby celebrated, but was very God of very God, the only begotten son of the Father, the greatest treasure we could ever have. And since we can't go to him, he came to us. He grew up and he ministered among us for three years as an adult, showing us a picture of what he will bring one day when he returns, the blind seeing, the lame walking again, those with ailments healed forever, the dead even raised. And then, because the reason all these problems have entered the world is because of our sin, that we have sinned against God, he, though sinless himself, offers his own life as a payment for our sins. Dies on a cross. On the third day, he rises from the dead to show that he has conquered death once and for all. Ministers for 40 more days in a glorified, perfected, perfect body that is a resurrected body, a preview of the body we will have one day when he returns and raises us from the dead. And then he went up into heaven where he sits today at the right hand of God, ruling everything that happens on earth for the forever good of his people. And he extends an offer to everyone, the highest of the high, the lowest of the low, and everyone in between. He says, come and follow me. For anyone willing to receive him, willing to come to him, he says, I stand at the door and knock, and whoever opens, I will come and I will eat with him. What we receive is him and everything that he is. So if you would have him, he would be Lord and a guide for your life. He would be a guarantee of resurrection from the dead. He would be forgiveness for all of your sins. He would be your greatest treasure and joy in times of happiness and in times of sorrow and so much more. That good news, that offer of Jesus Christ whose birth we celebrate this day. If I can press one thing home in your heart, that offer is for you because it's for all people and so it must be for you. So my call to you today is receive this Jesus. Come to this Jesus. 
If you would like to receive him and be baptized in his name, I urge you to find me or one of our leaders after the service. Let us know and we can begin walking alongside you. You can even become part of our church if you live here. We'll help you find one back home if that's the way to do it, if that's where you live. That news, it is for you. And so I leave you with these words from the angel. I bring good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Let's pray.